there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we're doing an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, because it is truly outrageous, and so is the comic, though it is slightly less dark than it has been for the past six issues. A little less. Marginally less. It's not dark gem anymore. It's just regular gem. It's issue 17. Chitcha changes. Part one. That's not Annie doing a bit. It's literally called that. Though, let's be fair, if it was just called Changes, I would probably do some kind of bit. This comic could use more Bowie references. I think everybody could use more Bowie references. At all times, be more like Bowie. So this is not the Stingers, just to get that out of the way now. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Mackenzie. We'll wait till September. We're so close and yet so far. This is a quick two-parter that we're going to have that we're talking about some of the Sort of a transition between our two arcs, what I'm guessing. Uh, we've got a bit of denouement, a bit of fallout from Dark Gem here, and I imagine we'll start building up into the introduction of the Stingers and also by proxy of Rhea. So to that end, this is our first non-Sophie uh, issue in a while. We've got everybody else that's our regular group here, but our art is by returning artist Jen Bartel. Yeah, she did the uh, Shana story in the annual, she did the Valentine's Day issue, and she's been doing a lot of the variant covers, including that really, 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 really gay variant cover for 16 that I really like. It was too gay to function. Jem had Freddie Mercury shoulder pads. It was all very Freddie in there. And I also really like this cover here. I think this was used as just promotional art for the whole comic itself at San Diego Comic-Con, and I can see why, because it's it's very flashy and it's very eye-catching, but it's just generic enough that it could be the cover of any issue. It's a really good group shot. Bartel always delivers incredibly good covers. It's got everybody with their instruments. We know that this is a musical theme thing. We know that this is fashion. We know that this is incredible pastels. And also Aja's wearing a spiked beanie slash toque. It's a toque. Uh, that says girl gang on it. I kind of like that Aja's sense of style here is it looks at least a little bit inspired by what it was in the movie, which the way Aja dressed was one of the only good things about the movie. It was also one of the only things about Aja in the movie. It was one of the only things about anyone who wasn't Jim slash Jerica in the movie. Was there a Kimber in that movie? I don't remember. And then Faramir was there too. Ah, deep cuts. So... As we said, this is following a lot of the fallout from Dark Gem 6. And to remind us what happened at Dark Gem 6, here's our previously page. Which is basically the end of Dark Gem 6. Which kind of omits the whole uh, band team up thing, but a lot of those were huge splash pages. So it's hard to fit those on a previously page. Instead, we just get hugs, Gem being sassy at pizzazz, and uh, Jerrica's one-liner. Try to mind control the world through this, Silica. Ah, we'll workshop it. You know, it's a very Jerrica line. <laughs> and also we have Jerrica being backstage while Jim is on stage, and it seems like everyone should be where they should. So after our, our previously page, we get, well... Something we know and love from the cartoons. Rio standing around doing somebody else's job, which is probably not his job, but he's here doing it anyway, while Gem and the Hologram sing a song. The good news is, it's not Rio. <laughs> Rio's not here. I'm not going to ask why Rio is not here. That should be understood. Also, I really like Jem's outfit here with like the mini skirt and the halter top and the really tall white socks and the garters. It really emphasizes that she is 90% legs. It's a good look for her. It's really cute. Yeah. So we are we're recording a brand new song here. This is, as it turns out, one of the songs from the entire freaking album that 5x5 Records now wants them to make much sooner than they are comfortable with. They had like 
one and a half songs before. Now they gotta get at least ten. I mean, even when you're a band where most of your songs are 60 to 90 seconds each, this is hard. Shayna sort of like trails off and fizzles out as they're performing and everyone turns around and goes, that was that was our best take yet. Why are we stopping? There's also a really good effect where she sort of fizzles out, where the music fizzles out as well into these little like stars and hearts and just very geometric shapes. Shayna's just not into it today. Her blood sugar is low or something, which is not something that she apparently has. And another nice thing about this is that they're like, uh, we're going to lose Alan for the rest of the day if, if we don't get done in two hours. So they have an actual sound engineer who actually has all these things that he has to do. So he can't always just focus on them all day. Yeah, he has like other bands he needs to work with. He's got an inner life. It's really nice. Also, he's actually standing in a board. He looks like he probably should be there. Like he knows what he's doing. Instead of, you know, Rio. Shane is not into it. So, okay, that's fine. Let's just, let's just take a break. Let's go to the lake. The what? Excuse me? The lake? Apparently Rio knows somebody who owns a lake house. Let's go to this tremendously huge Lake McMansion that Rio's friend has lent us. A gigantic lake house. This isn't like a cabin. This is a freaking mansion. This is an empty McMansion that we're just going to borrow and go to the lake. I guess it's fine. Here we are. We're in inner tubes. It's fine. And Jim's here. Not Jerrica. Jim. Why is Jim here? In fact, Aja asked this question. Why are you still Jim? And she's like, oh, I don't know. I guess I forgot. And then Kimber points out that that makes no sense. You have an actual suit on under the hologram, right? So you had to like go in and change into a suit and then turn the gym hologram back on. So that does it seem like forgetting. I, I kind of love that the comic indulges in the what the heck is going on with the hologram speculation that we do. It's very validating. I'll say that. It's always nice to constantly reinforce how into this show the creators are. I mean, we have cameos from Healthy Cereal and it's great. And Jen's like, I don't know. It's not. A, it's no big deal. It's fine. It's fine. I'm a hologram in my spare time. It's fine. It's not a big deal. And Kimber's like, well, if it's not a big deal, then change back. Turn it off. Well, fine. And she goes from wearing this really cute like fishnet bikini to switching to a really plain one piece pastel pink thing. It's significantly less glamorous. I mean, it's no dark Jerrica swimsuit. Do you remember that thing with the black and like the shark mouth cut out? I still want that. Oh yeah. I'd never be able to pull that thing off, but I want it. So Jerrica floats over to where Shayna's sitting on the dock because Shayna is not in an inner tube. Shayna's moping. And Jerrica's like, hey, why you moping? Did something happen to Tony? And Shane is like, no, we're fine. And Jerrica keeps poking her and leans so far forward in her inner tube that she falls into the lake. Which at least does cause Shana to laugh. And Kimber's in the back like, that was amazing. Well, I'm glad this amuses you. And so switching back for a second to back in the lake. Uh, first off, Kimber is in an inner tube that looks like one of those donuts with the pink sugar frosting from The Simpsons. So that's great. Kimber floats over to Aja and thinks, do you think Jerrica's going to quit being Jem? And I was just like, I don't think she wants to quit at all. In fact, quite the opposite. I think Aja's concerned that Jerrica's getting a little too dependent on Jem. Yeah, and that's something that we definitely saw her being early concerned for way back in the first arc. And it's nice to see that resurgence here where Aja's just like, hmm. Setting that aside for now, let's go to someone else's problems. Namely, Jerrica's problems with Kimber's girlfriend. Because Jerrica's like, hey, I have a nice idea. Why don't we invite the boys up? And Shane is like, the boys? What about your sister who has a girlfriend? 
Yeah, and this is framed as sort of a, we, we don't know whether we can trust Stormer because she's a member of a rival band thing, although we did get an ask a little while ago uh, on the Tumblr as to whether this has anything to do with homophobia. And I would say given that Kimber's been dating girls for a while and seemingly this has never been a problem till now, I'm going to lean towards no, but allegorically speaking, it can be read that way. And that's definitely true. I, I'd like to believe that in this world where people can wear outrageous outfits, change their hair at random to go from like being buzzed to having long flowing locks to saving the world through the power of music. I'd like to think this is a setting in which that's not something that our main cast would fall prey to. Especially when we bring up uh, Aja's bisexuality later. I'd like to believe that this is one of those worlds, yes. In the same way that, why don't we have a fantasy world that doesn't have that much sexism in it? But that's not historically accurate, Annie. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I started vomiting uncontrollably. Were you saying something? Anyway, now we go to the misfits. Now that we have all five of the misfits here and we've seen all four of the holograms, this is probably a good time to talk about sort of the differences between Bartel's art and what we've gotten used to with six issues of Sophie. Honestly, I think I prefer Bartel's covers to her interior art. If only because the body diversity that we've gotten very used to with Sophie's work is not as present here. I mean, you can see attempts at it when you've got these wide shots of like all of the misfits and such. But in individual panels, like Stormer aside, it's very difficult to tell that these people are supposed to have different body types. One thing we noted too is that it tends to be a little bit more stiff. She's not so good at like the action shots. Whenever someone's doing an action shot, it kind of looks like they're trying to do an action shot, but they've paused and are posing. Kind of like when you're at a theme park and there's a giant T-Rex and you're trying to act like you're running from it. So you just freeze in a weird arm pose. It's not quite as dynamic and it's also not totally fair to compare the two as these artists definitely have very different strengths and we're also coming off of the main artist from Gem and that's a tough act to follow, especially because she's the one who established the styles in the first place. So you're you're basically going to be working with styles that were established by someone who's got a very different style than you. I really liked Bartel's art in the Valentine's issue. I like it here. It's just hard to switch over to it coming off of Dark Gem, I think, is the main thing. I will say that what I really like about Bartel is that even if they're not as full of motion, I think the poses are always really great. I really like what she does with hair. What she does with the hair and what she does with the fashion, because I love her fashion too. Oh, her fashion is so great. And Robata's colors just work so fantastic with her lines. That line art is super great and it works really well with those bright poppy colors. Yeah, and there are points, too, where people have thicker lines and so they'll stand out more, which I think really works and makes them pop out of a background that might otherwise swallow them. Setting all that aside, we have all the misfits here working on a song and it's not quite functioning the way it should. Pizzazz stops them and says, ah, this line's not working. I like this because it shows further something about the misfits where they can actually work together rather than just fight like they do in the cartoon. Because uh, Stormer's like, which line? Pizzazz points it out. Uh, Stormer's like, well, how about if we do this? Pizzazz is like, no, that feels like it's missing something. And Stormer's like, well, I'll work on it. And it's just, it's just like a calm conversation back and forth. They're not like yelling at each other. It's them working on a song together. It's a really good critique. I like a lot that Pizzazz seems to be the person that can be a little harsher, but in a way that is constructive and it always comes out a better piece by the end of it. You can really see why she works so well as sort of the front woman. And then when Blaze comes in with her edition, 
Stormer and Pizzazz are like, well, let's try it. I really like her body language here because she's sort of fidgeting and uh, fretting a little. Blaze has been a Misfits fangirl for so long that this is got to be terrifying for her to actually like bring this up. The line in question is, it's what I do being right, told you so, tearing you down. Blaze suggests instead of that, you go into breaking up, breaking out, tearing you down. And there's this really great panel of all of them really rocking this song. And then the next panel right below that is just Pizzazz going, yeah, that's it. She's glaring at her microphone. BT Dub, she's got these huge skull earrings and it super works with this outfit. So the new lyrics are starting the fight, breaking up, breaking out, tearing you down, just my shout, breaking up, breaking out. And it works super well to the point where Stormer's like, we should actually rename the song to Breaking Out because that's way stronger than what we were going for. And then Jetta gets all like uh, jealous of the new baby. And she's like, you don't let me and Roxy write lyrics. And Stormer's like, that's because you're both awful at it. Or you give me weird British slang and I don't even know what it means. And Roxy basically has to restrain Jetta from starting a freaking fight. I'll show you weird British slang. And she goes on to say nitwit, which is not weird British slang. I would have loved if she got into like a whole ton of Cockney rhyming slang insults. Oh my gosh. But that's probably not appropriate for an all ages comic. And then Pizzazz interrupts the encroaching girl fight by just being like, nope, get your gear. We're going out. And apparently going out means for Pizzazz something very different than let's all go grab some dinner and a drink. No, for Pizzazz, it means that there's a non-zero chance you'll end up in Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, so we're going to go fly on a private jet. Roxy is very excited about ending up in Vancouver because she really wants poutine and she hates L.A. poutine and she thinks Vancouver poutine is good poutine. Okay, on the one hand, I agree with Roxy that L.A. poutine and by extension most U.S. poutine is garbage because you people think that gravy on cheese fries is poutine. It is not. On the other hand, though, like Vancouver poutine is not great. I mean, the good stuff is in Montreal. Roxy needs to go to Montreal. I have had Cincinnati gravy cheese fries, and I think if gravy cheese fries embrace that they are not poutine and instead are gravy cheese fries, then it ends up being a very tasty dish. But I agree with you that uh, poutine is very, very different from gravy cheese fries. Yeah, you need cheese curds, the squeaky kind. But setting all that aside for now, Stormer has a poutine problem. And that she has poutine plans that are not poutine plans, the girlfriend plans. And this upsets Pizzazz. Yeah, Pizzazz is like, so cancel. She's like, I really can't. This is the first time meeting her sisters in like a non-band capacity. So Pizzazz, uh, very passive aggressively, says, so you're literally choosing the holograms over the misfits. Like, wow, Pizzazz. This is her girlfriend's family. Come on. And then when Stormer points out that that's not fair, Pizzazz follows it up with this really, really devastating guilt trip line of whatever, Stormer, it's clear what matters to you. Wow. And actually, as I focus on this, we've got a, a, a really good panel here because we've got Pizzazz separating the rest of the misfits from Stormer. Oh, you know, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, great panel composition there. No, you're totally right, because you've got Stormer on the left, then Pizzazz inside the booth, and then the other misfits looking over at Pizzazz. You're right. That's super good. This is like a Renaissance painting. And because Pizzazz is closer to us, she's got those thicker lines I was talking about, where she's more of a block than she would have been otherwise. Meanwhile, let's talk about other choices. Hair choices. I'm just thinking of doing something drastic with her hair, which is bad news for Craig. (laughs) Because apparently every time she has done something drastic with her hair, she has dumped the person she's dating. Dyed your hair black, immediately dumped Parker. Cut off 20 inches, goodbye, Jamie. New mohawk, sayonara, Kelly. 
Shaved your head completely. Adios, Ryan. I love that three of those four names are gender ambiguous. It's a really great way to plainly point out that Aja is bi without it being a thing. And then Aja points out, hey, Ryan broke up with me, sorta. What sorta? How sorta? Uh, it was one of those Facebook breakups where, oh, it was mutual. And as much as Aja says that we have no intention of breaking up with Craig, Craig is great. But also, how about we talk about someone else like Shayna? Did you find out what's wrong with Shayna? And Jerrica's like, don't change the subject. And Aja's like, too late. And we have no idea what's up with Shayna, just that she seems really on edge. And so that completely explored. Aja's like, okay, well, how about instead of talking about me again, let's talk about you. What's going on there? Aja is the queen of subject changing. Silica was super personal. What's 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 going on with you? And it turns out that Jarek has been thinking about telling Rio the truth. And Aja points out he's a reporter. He's a boy reporter. We had a whole issue about it. This reminds me of a thing that happened with my dad once. Somebody gave him a piece of information and he proceeded to write a story about it. And then when that person confronted him about it, he's like, what, you expected me to sit on that? I'm a newsman. And Aja even follows up with something very similar to that. And that she's like, look, he's a reporter. If he finds out about Synergy, not only is he going to have to start talking about that because he is a newsman, but also, look, that means that we're going to have to connect that to Silica. You know, almost took over the world Silica, uh, mind-controlled people without their consent Silica. Yeah, that's Silica. We were kind of culpable for that. Hmm, that seems like a good story. And also we're going to need to point out that we're using holograms, which shouldn't technically be possible. And also that we've got this AI in our basement. On a side note, if you tell Rio, then Kimber is going to want to be able to tell Stormer. So how do you think that's going to go? This is not going to end well. And in the middle of that, Kimber and Shayna pop in. Shayna's like, you've got to come out and start this fire. Kimber has almost set me on fire three times. It was only once. That's not better. Uh, she says that she just has to cut her hair a little. And immediately they saunter off with, oh, poor Craig. And I liked him so much, too. Nothing is happening to Craig. I love Aja's face in this panel. Just the rage blowing the hair away from her face and the expression. It's really great. As we sort of wrap up this scene after they head out, Aja's like, look, how much do you trust Stormer? Meanwhile, Stormer. Stormer uh, is texting while driving, and then she looks up to see a deer and promptly ends the tree. Now, I think she's looking at her GPS. She's trying to find the place. And she's got this cute little blue VW bug. And then she basically almost hits a deer, which I can guarantee you, as someone from the Midwest, where deer are plentiful, she didn't see the second one. It's always the second one. Meanwhile, where I'm from, if you hit a moose, you're dead. And Stormer, in an effort to avoid this deer, which is like a fawn, so it's definitely the second one, because where's its mom? Where is your mother? Uh, she hits a freaking tree. Things aren't going well for Stormer. <laughs> this deer does not look terribly concerned that it just almost got hit. Well, deer are always in a state of, like, blind terror, so... Meanwhile, here we are at the lake. And we did not dig a fire pit for this bonfire, and that is me concerned. Well, it's on the beach, but it is also terrifyingly close to the house. And those blankets. What I'm saying is, even if it's on the beach, you at least dig out a little bit of a ditch for that fire. And you set rocks along the side like they have. This is how you do. But they do know how to make s'mores, apparently. Shana makes the best s'mores, hands down. She's the only one with the patience for it. We also find out that I can bond with Rio in this way because Rio thinks peeps are gross. And the only person who's not really enjoying the cookout because we've got Rio, Craig, and Tony here. And Kimber is staring at her phone, wondering where Stormer is. Stormer is two hours late at this point, so this is no good. So she's like, I'm going to go find her. And Derek is like, Kimber, wait. And Kimber's like, I'm not waiting. You're not stopping me. And everybody's like, no, we were going to come with you. 
because we're not monsters. Yeah, Aja makes the plan, which is that these are the three likely roads. Uh, This is where she could have possibly taken a wrong turn. We've got three cars, so let's take a different road. And we check in every half hour, and if someone doesn't check in, we all head to their location. Tony turns to Shayna and says, I feel like Aja could maybe be president if she wanted to, to which Shayna says, I think she'd find it too boring. Meanwhile, as they pile into the car, Rio says that it's really bad timing. I've been trying to get you alone all night. I have something to tell you, and it's important. And before we can find out the important thing, we switch scenes. So Stormer gets out of her car and sees the little deer, which is just like happily grazing. Where is its mother? Actually, we might find the answer to that question in a couple of pages here. Stormer just sort of is like, it'd be great if you could not be in the road as the deer just sort of wanders off. We have the typical horror movie problem of being in an area where there are absolutely no bars. Your phone is dead. Which is probably why her GPS was giving her trouble. Yeah. And then she hears rustling and sees, aw, two cute little baby bears. Oh, wait. Where there are babies. There's a mama. The bear is blocking Synergy's hologram projections. Yes! We have a bear! Our antagonist is a bear! I was so delighted to get to this last page, and I'm like, yes, bear! It was my favorite thing this entire issue. Everything about this completely paled in comparison. When I got to this page and we had a bear blocking Synergy's hologram projections, I'm so happy. Are we going to have to wrestle a bear in the next issue? Are we going to have to scare off a bear with holograms? God, I hope so. What are we going to do? This is straight up like cartoon drama here. I love it. And that's the end of our issue. That's the last freaking page. Is bears. Is bear. Wrestle. So you may notice if you keep track of the holograms page that we're back to white and pink as opposed to our black as midnight and black as our hearts holograms. We have a little bit of a note from our editor in that, you know, we needed some extra pages so we didn't get a chance to officially bid goodbye to Sophie. Sophie's really great. She's going to spend some time on Wet Moon, which is her creator-owned series uh, that we'll probably see her again in the future, but we'll be having some great artists coming down the line. We've got Jen Bartell here, who worked on the Valentine's Day special and Crystal Fighters. And another mentioned that issue 19, our Stingers issue, will also have the debut of our new regular artist, Meredith McLaren. She worked on Heart in a Box with Kelly Thompson. She also does Hopeless Savages and her own series, Hinges. Gonna be some great stuff. I'm really excited about seeing the art shifts. It's always a treat. And also something that I didn't even know about. There's apparently going to be a Gem and the Holograms Outrageous Edition, which is an oversized hardcover with issues 1 to 11, the annual, the holiday special, and the Valentine special. So it's everything except Dark Gem. Yeah, so if you haven't picked up any of the trades yet, this might be a good time. This thing had better be covered in pink glitter. I mean, considering those boxes that had all the variants for issue 1 and issue 2, I'd say yes. And uh, John Barber is going to be leaving us and switching out with Sarah Gatos. The first letter on this is a girl after my own heart. Whose entire letter was just screaming about the stingers. We feel you, Mariah. Mariah, me and you should be friends. Kind of sad that we see John signing off at the end with John Barber, former editor. Aww. Like, we haven't really talked about him much, but an editor is also a very important part of the comic team. And uh, I'd like to think that being an editor is a lot like being a healer in an MMO. Nobody really notices you unless things are going wrong. Yeah, you only get any attention when they're yelling at you. Yeah, 
And this has always been a great, really well-polished book. He's done a great job on this book as an editor. And uh, salute to him. Apparently, he's going to be working on a Back to the Future comic with IDW, uh, which is written by Bob freaking Gale. And he's also co-writing it. He's co-writing it with Bob freaking Gale. So that's a thing that's happening. I do not begrudge anybody going to work on a Back to the Future comic with the co-creator of Back to the Future. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's good. That's a good thing. And that, uh, that's about everything in this issue for us. I have no idea what's going to happen in the next issue, but I hope it's cartoon era shenanigans. The bear better actually block some hologram projections. Oh, be still my heart. Please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. Oh, please, 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 crossing our fingers. I know these scripts have been finished for months, but oh, please. Let's make this happen. Speaking of, who do I talk to to pitch that Limp Lizard spinoff? Oh, that's right. That's right. We haven't talked about this. The Misfits are getting their own series. So yeah, we'll start getting Misfits comics every month. It'll take a little while for that to happen, but we'll figure out a way to talk about those two. Oh, my schedule. We'll talk about it. We'll work it out. We'll figure it out. So yeah, it's uh one month until Stingers. Yes. Mackenzie's got a countdown. So, you know, count down with us for that. I don't think anyone's ever going to be quite as excited as Mackenzie. I don't think it's physically or humanly possible for anyone to be as excited as Mackenzie. I don't think so. We've also got some on-air thank yous. For our Patreon, if you subscribe at any level for three months, we do an on-air thank you. Uh, Higher tiers also get other things as well, uh, such as cross-stitches that Kit makes that are really, really great. But... For the on-air thank yous, let's hear them. Who do we have who has captured our heart? Uh, it's a short list today, but first off, thank you to Jay. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay. Secondly, thank you to Jessica Avarello. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica Avarello. You guys are awesome. Thank you for supporting our Patreon. We really, really appreciate everybody who pays money uh, so that we can have more high quality screaming about glam rock and also other things over on I Will Fight You. And soon, 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 fingers crossed, yelling about Otome games. (laughs) Give us money so you can watch Kit slowly die inside and all the heteronormativity in Otome games. Uh... (laughs) Should be good times. I'm looking forward to it. The Gem Jam comes out every Sunday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter and Tumblr. We are at the Gem Jam just about everywhere, except on Twitter, where we are at Gem Jam Cast. If you like what we do and you want to support us, any kind of like, subscribe, review, rating, anywhere you find our podcast is super, super great. iTunes is especially useful because they don't tell us what metrics happen otherwise, but, you know, whatever you guys want to do, wherever you find us, it is always great to get more feedback and to spread the word a little. If you have some money kicking around and you want to have us say your name and then also show you other things that we have done that are gem related, you can uh, subscribe to our Patreon on patreon.com slash the gem jam. So check that out. We love you all the same. Join us next time when we will talk about more holograms and screaming and hopefully bears. 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 Hopefully we will wrestle bears. Until next time, dear listeners, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Jam, where we remind you that a friend in need is outrageous indeed.